amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Radio. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. If you'd like to give us a call, you can at 323-642-1484. And right off the bat, before I even say hello to my co-host, I'm going to tell you about an exciting Celtics ticket giveaway. And uh, it has to do with the Los Angeles Clippers. How about that? On February 10th, Paul Pierce is coming to the TD Garden as a member of the Clippers to face our Boston Celtics. And CLNS Radio and Tick IQ, our friends over there, have teamed up to get you into the building, you, the listener, not you, Calvin. Simply follow CLNS Radio on Twitter. Again, CLNS Radio on Twitter, and you'll be entered into the contest to win a pair of tickets. It's underway right now, and you gain access to this contest by following us on Twitter, at CLNS Radio. Technically, I'm sure that you could find a way to, to rig this thing if you had enough Twitter handles. It will be a random winner, and of course, CLNS Radio staff are not eligible for this. Uh, the January 31st edition of Celtics Beat is where we will announce the winner. So this is exciting. Don't forget, you can purchase tickets if you don't win them to all the local sports teams as well as concerts and shows by downloading the Tick IQ app for your iPhone or Android that's T-I-Q-I-Q, and you'll receive 10% off your first purchase from that app if you use the promo code BOSTON. That is BOSTON when downloading the Tick IQ mobile app. So, real simple. Follow CLNS Radio on Twitter, and you have a chance to win tickets to the Clippers game. See old friend Paul Pierce back in town. Now, hello, Calvin. Hello, sir. Hello. Getting uh, right into the giveaways. I mean, you like that? Yeah, I do. I, so you talked about uh, the Celtics playing the Clippers. Uh, I'm I'm curious. It, does uh, does Kevin Garnett get a a greater uh, welcome back when he returns than Paul Pierce does at this point? You were Certainly there last not. night. 
certainly certainly he will not get a greater welcome back. Uh I just Paul Pierce is the, is the prodigal son returning, right? Paul Pierce is the is the guy that went through turmoil and toiled in Boston for years before finally breaking through. Sure, Kevin Garnett's the guy that put him over the top and he was the more important part arguably to that championship team. But Paul Pierce is the gritty guy that everybody in Boston that's the type of guy that Boston fans love at Calvin. So, no. Um, I don't expect a single empty seat in the house for when Paul Pierce returns. And by the way, I guarantee even if Paul Pierce is practicing a sitting sit down during the second night of a back-to-back, I guarantee he plays in Boston in that game. Guarantee. Yeah, yeah that has to be disappointing, right? He gets rest for the Boston team. And Incredibly on, disappointing. He played yeah. for Brooklyn, but not for not in front of the Boston fans. He had so many nice things to say about Boston fans. It was a nice ovation that they gave him last night. But uh, well, I, I was thoroughly disappointed that he did not play. Yeah, he, he also did play in Brooklyn, so maybe, maybe you wanted to make, make sure those fans got the opportunity to see Right. Yeah, please, give me a break. Flip it up one night, one time, Sam Mitchell. Switch it up. Have him play on the second night instead of the first night. Brooklyn, give me a break. Well, that's a joke. Yeah, put him out there for 10 minutes. Anyway, um, that's not where we start tonight as far as our topics are concerned. We start, well, it's kind of where we start. We start with the Celtics, uh, who rumors have it, have put David Lee on the trading block, which surprises no one. I don't know. Maybe you're surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I figured that was the idea the whole time. And the reason that I said it the other night on the post game show here on CLNS Radio, that's the reason I think he's still getting run. He doesn't look great. He has flashes of doing things well, and he finished nicely the other night. I had a couple of nice plays where he was hanging around the basket, and the the defense was drawn towards the shooters, and they found him. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm not he. They're showcasing him, as far as I'm concerned. They're trying to say, hey, this guy's still got it. Trying to flip him for something else. That's that's as far as I can see, right? What do you think? Yeah, here's here's the thing, and I'm sort of going to, to uh, kamikaze attack you here with, with this as being a prelude to a slightly bigger conversation, but I don't think they should just outright trade David Lee or trade him, you know, just to clear up the rotation, as sort of uh, what's been alluded to here is that they have too much clutter in the front court, which they do, and, you know, uh, they've made David Lee available for that reason, and they're showcasing a little bit to trade him. But here's the thing about the Celtics. They're a team with a lot of assets, right? And a lot of those assets yep. are draft picks. Yep. So having David Lee on, on your team who has a full, what is it, $14 million expiring contract, uh, it's it's the perfect situation to to have that guy on your team to pair with draft picks and, you know, maybe a, maybe another player or two, but you can you can then take on a, a, a player with a huge salary without having necessarily to give back a lot of the pieces who are playing on your team now. You know, the Celtics mm-hmm. are in a position, if they, if they made the right trade, to, you know, potentially 
uh, reached, reached the Eastern Finals, right? I mean, at, at, at least uh, you know, make things interesting for Cleveland. Yeah, it seems I wide open as far as the second the second team right now, especially since Chicago's in turmoil. We'll get to that later. Big market tease. All right. And, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. We don't, we don't have to go hard into into trade talk. Cause I, I know you hate trade talk, but, you know, I love trade talk. But, here's the th- but here, again, here's the thing. It's going to be hard to get a guy out there who's gruntled, right? You're going to have to, you're going to, have to go out and get a guy who's disgruntled. So, any of the names <laughs> that I can... Yeah, any of the names that I can I throw at you, you're going to be like, oh, no, I don't want that guy. I'm going to right. line, most specifically. You'd be like, that's disgusting. But if but if you if you can get that guy without really having to give up to someone who's contributing on the team now, and really we're, we're talking about again, uh, one or two of the surplus of draft picks that the Celtics have that they don't really need anyway. It like in my opinion, it's worth it to get a guy who can take a shot at the end of the game. And David Lee is the kind of guy who facilitates that trade. If you get rid of David Lee now, then all of a sudden you have to you know. You have to, tra- to to get somebody good. You have to trade away, you know, a combination of guys who make less. You know, all of a sudden, then you're looking at, okay, well, then I guess we have to move Bradley, and you know, because. because but who are we talking about is, here? Who's who are we talking about here? And I mean, you want to give me some names? You're probably not going to like I'm, his name. But, so first, first of all, let's just preface this with the fact that I was on Igor's show the other night. I should have told you so you could listen, or you could have joined me, and we could have. Pre- pumped our show up instead of the post-game show, but whatever. Um, they did mention our show on there. But they posed the question to me about going and getting and trading for somebody and trying to get one of the top scorers in the league. And the, it was sort of posed to me as, as something that was, that was feasible. And to me, if you're looking at, straight up at scoring – the Celtics already have one of the top scorers in the league. His name's Isaiah Thomas. And everybody else above him on this list is pretty much untouchable. So they were trying to get me to agree to a Carmelo Anthony type of trade. So let's just get that one out out, out of the way right now. Car- Car- Carmelo was one of the three names in my head. Yes. Of course of course think- he was. He's probably he's probably the only scorer that is a reasonable option as far as something that could actually happen, if you ask me. But do I want Carmelo Anthony on this team? I'm not so sure. I don't know. I, I don't. I think it would be nice to see a dynamic scorer like that. But where does he fit in? Is he is he going to take minutes away from Jay Crowder? Do they shift Jay Crowder around? And not to say that Crowder deserves minutes over Carmelo Anthony, but I'd like to see Crowder stay on the floor because I think that he drives the defense, and we all know that Carmelo does not do that. Actually, I, I think that if they if they did trade for Carmelo Anthony, and they, I, I think that you would see Crowder and Carmelo play a lot. I think you'd see a lot of Carmelo at the floor. Uh, I'm sorry, at the four rather, and Brad Stevens. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Sort of a small ball lineup. I'd yeah, be I, totally you, fine with that. You, you play as a, long as you have yeah, a defensive presence out there. Yeah, then you then you play Amir or Selinger at five, and you know you're yeah you're undersized, but. That doesn't hurt you against most teams in the NBA. That I, I, I sort of see that as a lineup most nights. Okay, uh, so there's the, that one. I, I would I would pull yeah. I would go for Carmelo Anthony 
how about that? Let's yeah. put that out there. That's what I'm saying. Would, if, if, if you have if you have David Lee, you can move, you can put David Lee in that trade, and then all you probably can work, get Carmelo. No. You can probably you, you probably get Carmelo for. Or I know I know Carmelo makes more than David Lee, but David. But Lee you really is, think Phil Jackson's going to do something like that? Does that really make a lot of sense for the Knicks? I don't know. If, well, I don't think it does. Again, again, it does when you once you start once you start talking draft picks. Obviously, David Lee as a player doesn't make sense for the Knicks. It makes sense clearing Carmelo's contract. You clear Carmelo's contract, you get a you get a draft pick or two uh, back. Okay, you get David Lee, and you know maybe maybe you throw them you know at James Young or somebody who who is like you know a young player who's not necessarily a super valuable piece of the Celtics organization right now, or Rozier or, or you know somebody on that level where it's like. All right, we're getting a young player back who hasn't necessarily developed into anything, and you know, I, I don't. You'd, you'd obviously still have to match the salaries, but in terms of in terms of value, you know, maybe you have to throw a, a guy like Zeller in to match the salaries. It's not like Zeller's getting minutes out there at this point anyway, right? Right, fine. You, you're telling me you're not, Fair doing, enough. you're not doing that. Well, I'm doing it, but I just don't think Phil Jackson is. I don't think he would value those picks as like a car, as much as he would value Carmelo Anthony. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully, I'm wrong. That would be that would be nice for the Celtics. I think that would be great. Even though Carmelo is kind of a he, a ball stopper, and they like to play with ball movement, I think that he would find a way to fit in uh, if he was getting see, if they were running a lot and he was getting he was scoring. And uh, they do have guys that can play around him as far as defense is concerned. So he doesn't necessarily need to contribute on the defensive end. And it would be I think that would be a a, a coup for the Celtics if they found a, found a way to trade for a guy like Carmelo Anthony. I just don't see it happening. I think two two number ones would get it done for sure, I, in my opinion. But hmm. uh, you know, it remains to be seen. If H, well, let me, let me throw a couple other names out there that that you haven't considered. Uh, that, in my opinion, are also the, these guys are also out there for the taking. Uh, Derek Rose. You can't tell me Derek so, Rose. Is is not available on the market. I mean, the Bulls might be telling you that he's not available, but you know we'll we'll get to our uh, Bulls uh, topic later. But I have to I, believe that yeah, he's available. So what are you sending Marcus Smart off on in that deal, or is it Thomas that's going away? I, I mean, that's a I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm a no. I'm a hard no on Derrick Rose. He's too injury prone, and at this point, um, I don't think he puts you over the top. Because he's he's not doing he's not putting the bulls over the top right now. I'm I'm a no on Derek Derek Rose. No. I'd rather have the, I'd rather keep Marcus Smart for three years and see what he develops into than have Derek Rose right now. Hard no. Uh, would you would you do it for uh for for Lee and Bradley? <sighs> Again, I mean Derek Rose does not impress me anymore. He's he's lost it. I'm just not. I'm not. A, I've never really been a Derrick Rose guy, and he's he's just not doing it, Calvin. But I mean, I'm trying to. I'm looking at sort of a, a rankings list here. He's not. He's not coming up. Where is he falling? He's I way down the like, I said you wouldn't like these names, and so far you haven't liked these names. Derrick Rose. So, let, explain to me why Derrick Rose would be a good fit. Explain to me why Derrick Rose would be a good fit. He's having a terrible year from from his, for his standards. 
what's he scoring right now? He's got to be like he's at like seventeen points a game, right? Where is he he's at? averaging thirteen Eight? and a half. He scored thirty four against Detroit in the quadruple oh, wow. overtime game. Quadruple overtime game. He's averaging thirteen and a half points a game, five and a half assists. I, I don't know, man. Derek Rose is just not. He's not. He has not been good at all. And all right, fair enough. Don't want Derek not, Rose. I, I can't. No, I can't. I would not go for this. That Derek Rose thing. I think he's done. I, he's he's not going to contribute for a champion. If you're looking to improve a, a team and make a big splash, he's not the guy. All right, I I got one more guy for you. All right. And, uh, yeah. This guy, uh, this this team supposedly is uh, getting tired of Zach, looking to move him, mm. and he's he, he's not really happy there. Dwight Howard. Yeah, I knew Dwight, that was the name. Dwight no. Hard Howard. Hard no, less hard, a little softer no than Derrick Rose. But listen, Dwight Howard is a cancer. He is, and you know what? I I think I gained the the first. I'm going to steal this take from. Uh, Igor's show right now. I'm going to steal it. They they said it from somebody else. Somebody like sent a tweet to them or something while I was on the air with them or fa- a Facebook post or something. I don't know what it was. But one of their guys said this. He destroyed Orlando and ripped their coach, coach out and they rebuilt. He went on his way uh, and destroyed the Lakers, your Lakers, right? They rebuilt, or they're rebuilding. And now the Rockets are not looking great. They're looking to dump him off. And uh, he just, to me, seems like he's, he destroys things more than than he makes them better. And he's always been soft-minded. He's always been a crybaby, one of the biggest whiners in the league. I don't want him anywhere near this team. No. No. I know they're short on big men, very short, literally, on big with the, their big men, the Celtics are. But Dwight Howard does not do it for me, buddy boy. I mean, yes, I mean, the Lakers mortgaged their future to try to win with Dwight Howard, and he left. And that's why I, wouldn't, I think it's a little unfair to say that he you know, ruined the franchise or he just chose not oh. to return, which they were sort of laying all their eggs in that basket. But he, he ruined he ruined your franchise, Calvin. Okay. He, he and right. Kobe well, you ruined your franchise. He ruined Orlando. Well, me, He's soft. Give me your argument, but I, it's still no. Yeah. Dwight Howard. Well, here's my here, here's my argument. The the Celtics base their their identity this season on having a high defensive rating, and Dwight Howard, when he's healthy, hasn't granted, hasn't always been the case since he signed this contract with Houston, is still a dominant defensive player. Okay, is he going to not demand the ball when he gets here? Is he going to be okay with with not scoring and and being a a, uh, 4-20 guy? Can he beat Tyson Chandler? Because I'm okay with that. What's what's Dwight Howard scoring numbers right now? He's not exactly he 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 hasn't been scoring that much in Houston. I just don't I don't want him. He's scoring sixteen points a game in Houston, down from twenty six last yeah. year. 
That's what I'm saying. In, I mean, 20, in his six that, games. In his six games. number is an illusion because how many, yeah, how many games I know. Did he play? It, it, I, like, yeah. I just said it. In his six games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Six so game, oh no, that's a playoff points. number. I'm sorry, my mistake. That what am I doing? I thought he was. I thought I he was out a lot longer. Games. I thought he was out a lot. He played a lot longer. I was like, what the hell's going on? Uh, I'm sorry. 41 games, 16 points a game last year. Last year. 14-15. Yep. He scored. That's what he was last year. Oh, he said 16 20, points oh, a game. That was the playoff. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. He's scoring 18 right points. Right now, yeah, he's scoring, thir- he's scoring 13 points a game right now. But um, I don't know, man. I just yeah. – I've always hated I've always hated Dwight Howard's game. I guess he's still capable. You don't like but I just – no, I just – I I just don't like Dwight Howard. I don't like his, his attitude. I don't – I don't like he, the way – I don't love Dwight Howard just, either. He, I, don't I don't love his personality. But – what I'm what I'm telling you is, I feel like Daryl Morey, in particular, again, would pull a uh, would pull the trigger on on the David Lee and two draft picks trade scenario, you know, with filler. Keeps doing that. So regardless. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't know, man. If big... if Ben Sim if Ben Simmons is the real deal, which people are starting to say he is, I haven't really seen much of him. Um, but if he's the real deal, I'd I'd almost rather hope that one of those picks turns into him or that you can find a way to, to trade up before the draft with somebody's thinking that uh, he's not the real deal, you know, and get that kid instead of having an injury-prone Dwight Howard who may just come and sulk and, and be a giant baby if things don't go his way right away. Well, look, the, the only pick that has a chance to, to land Dwight Howard is the Brooklyn pick. So if you want to hold on to the Brooklyn pick for next year, that's that's fine. Give them, you know, give them your pick next year, and then you know, Brooklyn's picking three years from now or something. There's still a reasonable way to do that while also having a look at Ben Simmons. Okay. If but, you yeah. if, if they found sure if they found a way to to have a chance at Ben Simmons and get Dwight Howard, then fine. Then I, I guess I, I would I would have to accept it because he's a, a better talent at center. Than all the Celtics big men combined. Well, he's he's a rim protector, which is which is the one thing that you guys don't have defensively. Right. I just don't know if his attitude is is the right fit. Well, I I, I guess you would uh, you would argue that Ainge would do some he would do some research. He would vet him a little bit before he pulled the trigger on a deal like that. But I don't know, man. You never know once a guy gets there whether he's going to fit in or not. All right, well, you know, maybe somebody else gets angry and becomes available. But, you know, maybe maybe Chris Paul gets frustrated or something. I'm trying to think of guys who are on sort of mediocre teams. You know, maybe you can maybe you can take a shot at, like, a Zach Randolph or somebody. Yeah, I mean, that would be nice. But, again, I I don't know. Are these, are these players that put the Celtics over the top? In the East, I guess maybe Dwight would if he fit in, but that's a big if to me. I just I've seen what he's done elsewhere, and it just doesn't it doesn't necessarily go that well. I guess I I'd be willing to take the chance. Calvin, your team was not very good with Dwight Howard. You know, you know, you know 
as well as anybody, or you should know that Dwight Howard is terrible at at, at the locker room thing. He's he's terrible as a teammate at times, and I just I don't know. I feel like you're no, giving mean, him a little too too many props. I feel like you're trying to set something up here. What's your agenda? It, no, it's not that I it's not that I'm giving him too many props. I recognize again that he's uh, you know a dinged up car, but it's like if you have the opportunity to get around, you know sometimes you got to ride in a junket. Sometimes you got to like take take a chance and hope that car gets you where you need to go. Well, maybe maybe Memphis will trade Marcus All to the Celtics. Let's move on. We've we've talked about this too much. All right. All right. I like when you get grumpy. <laughs> Dwight Howard. Speaking of grumpy, um, if you're grumpy in the morning, it's probably because you don't have a, a nicely shaven face, shaved face. That's right. <laughs> And I forgot to tell everybody 15 minutes into the show that this episode is brought to you by Harry's Razors. Wake up to Harry's. What is your typical morning routine? Question mark. This is the worst. I just the worst. I'm just I'm the I'm the worst. Um, also, this should not say now that summer is ending. It should say that now that winter is here because summer has been long gone. But I'm sure your routine is changing as a man out there. So start thinking about starting your day with Harry's and waking up to a better shave. Wake up to the realization that you're paying an arm and a leg for razor blades if you're not using Harry's already. Listeners to our show here, CLNS Radio and Kettle Whispers, uh, get $5 off your first purchase of a starter set at harrys.com. So use the coupon code CELTICS at harrys.com checkout and you can get that starter set for just $10. It's a month month's worth of shaving materials for just 10 bucks. Use the Celtics code checkout at harrys.com. Um, furthermore, Calvin, what's next? Uh, oh yeah, your boy. Speaking of grumpy, um, tell me what happened in the, in the Giants Panthers game the other day. From your perspective, because uh, I am sh- am shocked that the, that they just let these guys play. Go ahead. Why don't you describe it as a Giants fan? Okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, we found this out after the fact, but I'm just going to speak chronologically. Apparently, before the game started, uh, some Carolina Panthers practice players came out of the field with baseball bats. And, and, you know, yelled at Odell and, you know, sort of playfully, you know, alluded to the fact that they were going to hit him with a baseball bat. And he took off his helmet and he sort of stared them down, got a little angry about it. Game started uh, early on in the game. You know, Odell Beckham was matched up against uh, Pro Bowl cornerback Josh Norman, uh, who's basically like having, you know, the best year of a corner in the NFL. Like right now he, he's getting arguments for the best corner. But anyway. Yeah, he's, so by, Odell, he's last year's Revis. Yeah, o- Odell beat him uh, on a route early down the field, and Eli threw him the you know perfect pass, and he sort of dropped the ball. He was angry at himself. Uh, a couple of plays following that, uh, what's it called? Norman was very rough with him, like 
threw him to the ground a couple of times. And I've sort of noticed it all year because Beckham is a smaller receiver. It's like the Steph Curry syndrome where, like, the book on him seems to be to, like, be as physical with him as possible, buff him up. I I sort of thought that Norman was, was, like, over the line a little bit, but it was still, you know, it's basically, it was basically a football game. But at a certain point, like, Beckham just, I don't know what the combination of, like, if the bat thing had anything to do with it, or supposedly, like, they had they had referred to him uh, with gay slurs. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, this, I don't know what made him angry, but he just completely lost his mind at some point. I feel like the rough treatment that certainly was part of it. And after that, you know, uh, he would he would run up the field and he would, you know, slap Josh uh, Norman's helmet, like, hard, like, basically like an open hand of punch. Uh, he, he, like, went helmet to helmet with him, like, threw his body towards him in a spear. Uh, Josh Norman got up, and Odell Beckham, like, tripped his foot. Uh, Beckham got two personal foul penalties called against him. Uh, Josh Norman got one personal foul called against him. I don't think it was entirely Beckham, but once... And I, I don't think that he started it, but once he did start... Once it was fully going... I thought Beckham had Beckham three was, fouls called against him. No, he had two. Norman had one. Uh, but there were a lot of plays that, you know, could have been personal fouls called. I thought that Joe, Joe Buck, who was calling the game, and because it was the primary TV game also, like, he would have, he was really framing it as, you know, this is entirely Beckham's fault. I didn't completely see it that way, but I, I definitely think that, like, Beckham was carrying it at a certain point. Like, he wasn't willing to let it go. He also got in... Like, he also got in several scuffles with Cortland Finnegan. They were essentially fighting after every play. And, yeah, a lot of it, especially after the beginning, where I thought Beckham wasn't doing as much. But as as the game went on, Beckham was the one who was more out of control. So you think the suspension was warranted then? He was suspended one game by the league? I I should have looked to see if anybody else got fined for that. Maybe you know. Uh. Supposedly the league is your quote still looking into it. That's what yeah, right. But yeah, but I guess that was in regards to like comments that were made towards him. Uh, but you know, like here's the thing. Like, I'm not opposed to the suspension because you know, the things you like the things he was doing out there. The referees probably should have suspended him. I'm sorry, probably should have ejected him from the game. But because they didn't, and because Joe Buck made such a big deal of it, if the NFL doesn't suspend him, then you know all the internet outrage is going to be out of control, and then you know players are going to think they can get away with things, and Beckham is going to be used as an example of like somebody else tries something and they get caught, and then oh, you're giving Beckham favorable treatment. It's just sort of a, a rolling stone, you know, rolling downhill. I think you have to suspend him in this scenario. But that being said, like. I kind of didn't mind seeing it from Beckham. Like, it doesn't, as a Giants fan, yeah, am I am I disappointed that we're not going to have Beckham for, you know, Sunday's game? Our playoff lives are hanging by a thread right now. Yeah, I am going to be disappointed when I, when he's not out there catching touchdown passes. But, uh, frankly, like, I kind of like having a receiver that's not willing to take crap from cornerbacks, and especially, again, as a smaller guy. He just gets beat on all the time, and it's kind of BS. So I kind of I kind of enjoy his scrappiness, 
even though he definitely took it too far. Well, we'll have to wait and see if the appeal goes well. The appeal is being heard tomorrow, so maybe they'll reduce it to just a fine if, if he can plead his case well enough and he won't have to miss any time here. But that uh, is a big loss for your Giants if he, if he has to sit out this game this weekend. So we'll have to wait and see on that. I think that you're right. He just lost his mind, and um, whatever was said set him off, and the frustration of not playing well probably – fed into that and it just boiled over. But I thought that that, that spear uh, running 10 yards down the field, targeting Norman was worthy of an ejection as a lot of other people did. So surprised that they allowed him to play, but I guess that's, uh, that's the NFL that, that we have right now is they sort of do things after the fact the, the retroactive NFL, especially with their stars. Right. Um, anyway, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to throw out there about this? Yeah, yeah. Can I just add that, like, I don't think it matters what happened before the game. Players said something to make him mad. Uh, like, I, I've never, I've never justified, you know, words being the, uh, the instigator for violence. Uh, if you know, players make fun of each other, talk crap to each other all the time. I don't think that's that is justification for him reacting however he reacted. So, you know, even the same thing with like guys walking on the field with a bat. I mean. You know, if if somebody's coming at you with a bat, then you can hit him. But if somebody's like playfully referencing a bat or playfully for them or whatever, like you, you you're an adult, just deal with it. All right, it's a it's a trash talking game, right? It's just the same argument. Uh, it's far <laughs> again not to keep referencing Igor's show, Celtic Talk Radio, uh, but they were they they started the the segment with me talking about the whole Rondo Bill Kennedy thing and the way that they phrased it was that uh, they had had LHR on previously and somebody had suggested that they should start finding players for trash talk on the court and they got into a big argument about it and I don't know this that it's sort of like you can't really find player to player trash talk but this was a player to ref situation as far as Rondo and Bill Kennedy are concerned these two guys on the on the field, Beckham and Norman, that's player to player. So as far as trash talking is concerned, I don't really think that that anything uh, is going to come of that. But either way, another failed reference to Celtic Talk Radio. Um, what else? Pause. Derek Rose. Uh, why did we split this, the the Bulls topics anyway? Um, oh no, no, it was Pete Rose. No, that's why. no, Pete Rose, not Derek Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose yeah. appeals to baseball again. He's trying to get into the Hall of Fame. The gambling man who admits to still betting on games in Vegas, um, <laughs> denied, denied by Major League Baseball to be reinstated and get into the Hall of Fame. Rightfully so, if you ask me. They banned him, and I'm asking I mean, that's that's it, that's it. They banned him, and that that people don't get brought back from stuff like that usually, uh, especially especially if they're still committing the act that they were banned for. And I know that him betting on baseball now has nothing to do with the outcome of the game, presumably, but still, uh, it's the reason he got 
shipped away from baseball and blacklisted. So I, oh, really? I, I don't see why they would bring him back now. But really, he he changed his life. He doesn't bet with he changed his life around, man. He turned it on. He doesn't bet with a bookie anymore. Now he bets legally through Vegas. Right. He's a totally different man. Right. Totally different. He goes to Ramada.com or whatever website we might be sponsored by that involves betting. And I wonder if he's using FanDuel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if baseball would be mad about him using FanDuel. That's the question. <laughs> If they don't, if they weren't mad, then he should be their sponsor or something. He should be their spokesperson because everybody knows he likes to gamble. Um, yeah, so he's a changed man. I don't, I don't know, Calvin. What is he? He's he's still been on yeah. baseball at the time, and that was still the reason that they did not allow him to to be part of the league. That has not changed. What? What is this? Is the whole thing? This is the whole thing that I don't understand about. Baseball Hall of Fame in general. The, what criteria has changed for guys that have been on the ballot for years and years? You stay on the ballot for years and you don't get voted in, and all of a sudden your numbers are different or they look different in compared to history. If if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. It, that's, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, don't you only have 15 years to get into I, the only thing that makes sense right, to me but, is but that's, like, that's my point, though. You shouldn't you shouldn't just be putting a guy in because there's nobody else to put in any given year. There shouldn't be a set number of players that you're putting in every year. It's like baseball. They they, they you you have to or a lot of these guys feel like they have to vote for ten players because they're allowed to vote for ten players. If there aren't ten players worthy of the Hall of Fame, vote for one. Vote for three. Like it's. It, it, they're either in or they're out. I just don't understand being on the Hall of Fame ballot for so long, and then all of a sudden, you you get in, and I for what reason? What changed? Isn't the uh, isn't the system? Uh, first of all, it's, it's, isn't it based on like the order? Like, don't you just know, like put the guy you most want in at the top, and then like down the line? Is that how? Well, it yeah. It, but you don't have to vote for you don't have to fill in the entire thing. You can only, but but like Buster only has been from ESPN. Buster only has been known to say that he thinks that they should be able to vote for more, and he they don't have enough votes. And it it just seems ridiculous to me that like a guy like Jim Rice, a guy like Jim Rice was on the ballot for a long time, and then one day he made it in, and it's all it is is because. There aren't as many other guys that are better. There aren't many guys on the ballot that are better than him. So he gets the percentage because he gets those votes because people feel like they should be voting for somebody. But that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't have to fill in anything if you don't think a a player is worthy of the Hall of Fame. Put in a blank ballot if you don't think he's there. He shouldn't just go in because he's been on the ballot for a while and, and he's the best choice of everybody else that's there. Look, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I like a small Hall of Fame group. There's there's no question about that. You just reminded me of uh, another topic that I forgot to include, but maybe we'll talk about it next week. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I like the smaller Hall of Fame group. I, what I think is, as far as Pete Rose goes, is Manfred made the statement that, like, he only speaks on behalf of baseball and it's a separate 
it's a separate issue with the Hall of Fame, right? But I feel like the Hall of Fame is what people care about. Like, the whole thing of, like, Pete Rose can't come back to baseball, like, you might as well have let him back into baseball, and here's why. One, he's going to gamble anyway. Like, like you, you're acting like gambling is, like, in general, is a crime. It was only it was only a problem because he bet on baseball as a manager. Do you think if Manfred today let Pete Rose and he said, "Pete Rose, uh, you can come back, you, you can come back to baseball," uh, you know, if a team if a team wanted to hire you, they could. Do you think any team, do you think the Cincinnati Reds? Or any organization in baseball is ever hiring Pete Rose again uh, in a situation where he has any power? There's well, no I think a lot of teams have Right, but, uh, but I think that he still might be able to have the intel, and they wouldn't be able to trust him as far as the gambling is concerned. Uh, Cincinnati might bring him back as a PR move, or anybody for that matter. But, yeah, he, he's not making he's not going to be making decisions. He may still have information, though. No, you, well, you you let him you let him hang around. Uh, yeah, that's fine. He can have he can have his information, but but he, uh, that information doesn't look. That information doesn't matter if he's not in direct position to influence games, right? Cincinnati Reds might bring him back as like an ambassador or you know somebody to hang around spring training and talk to the guys. But he's not he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be a manager. He's not going to be a general manager. He's, he's not going to have any job where you know his ability to affect the team is going to tie into his love of gambling. I think it, it seems like baseball, and I, I have the same problem all the, all the time, where I had the same problem uh, with the Josh Gordon situation where we talked about it, where they were trying to prevent him from drinking. Look, gambling gambling is legal. Yeah, he got busted for doing doing what he did, but. Like what he's doing now has no tie to baseball. I, all all that Manfred had to do is, is say, you know, is to make sure he can do even do it under the table. Make sure no team hired him in a position where he could have a direct impact on the game. And you sort of ceremonially ceremonially allow him back into baseball. I, I think that would have been you know the right thing to do. But the fact that they didn't do it, he has, he only has himself to blame for it. But I, but I also just think like they were asking him to be a little too hat in hand. Oh, is that it? That was the end of my sentence. Yes. Hat in hand. Hat in hand. Oh wow! I thought I thought there was going to be something more than that. Uh, it sounded like you had more. Yes. Like the, I don't know, the breath nope. you took yep. was ready for nope. more than that. Yep. Fine. Uh, no, I agree that he they they kind of expected him to come back groveling a little bit and say I'm I'm sorry all this type of stuff, but um, I don't know I don't I don't really think that he belongs in baseball because he, I don't feel like he's trustworthy as far as the the gambling part part of it is concerned, and not that he's going to be making any serious decisions to swing anything, but he may have information that uh, could could help the gambling community and you know, we know he's still connected so um who's to say he doesn't know people out there anyway we mentioned FanDuel earlier and I didn't really tell you anything about it so I will tell you now that our call lines are brought to you by FanDuel and even though we don't really get callers on this show we do on the post game shows sometimes they like to play jokes on you but uh, you can call us at 323-642-1484. And if you think you know basketball like we do, we're about to get into a couple of nice basketball topics here tonight, then you should prove it 
by going to FanDuel.com and hit me up on Twitter at Team Green Truth to let me know that you're doing it. Uh, so go to FanDuel.com. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L. And click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use our code CELTICS. Sign up now. And if you're a new user of FanDuel, then you get a special free offer, so that's cool. Enter a league now. If you don't win, they'll refund your money. That's the offer. Any contest you want, up to 10 bucks. you put the deposit in, pick your league, pick your players. Maybe you're going to take Clay Thompson. Maybe you're going to take Jimmy Butler. Maybe there's a better shooting guard that you can think of. We'll get into that in a second. If you don't win, you get your money back. It goes right back into your account. You can take it out if you want, or you can put it in another league. If you do win, you get that money. It's great. So, again, the only way to get this is to go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, use the promo code CELTICS. That's promo code CELTICS. It's an exclusive no-lose offer, and anyone can play. So, again, go to FanDuel.com and use our CLNS promo code CELTICS. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today where every day is a new season, baby. I put that on at the end myself there, the baby. Anyway, a couple topics left here, Calvin, and uh, don't worry, we don't have to end right at 10.30. I have it going a little longer, so if we want to extend these out a little bit, we can. No pressure. Um, Clay Thompson thinks he's the best shooting guard in the NBA. Agree or disagree? And if disagree, who's better? I'll let you go first. James Harden, go. Well, this is tough because is Kawhi Leonard considered a small forward or a shooting guard? Because I'm going with with Leonard. Uh, he's considered a small forward. Danny Green is the shooting guard. Okay. In San Antonio. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The other name is your uh, Matt Rory favorite. Uh, yep, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. That's right. That's the other one. Because I, yeah. I sometimes sometimes Leonard switches to the two, so I'm thinking that he that he should be in that end of the discussion. But I guess if you're talking about starting lineups, you're right. But yeah, it's Jimmy Butler, right? It's not. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's Clay Thompson, Mr. Clay Thompson, a. a Close third, I guess, behind those two guys, right? But who else is out there? Um, I guess we're talking. Oh man, it's quite a drop off after those those three, right? Bradley Beal. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Bradley quite Beal? a drop off after that after those three. I guess Bradley Beal. I mean, you know, you, I think you have to throw Avery Bradley into the, in the discussion, Calvin. No, we don't. No, we I think don't. We do. Top five. Top five no. shooting guards. Avery Bradley's better than uh, Victor Oladipo. Oh, what about Gordon Hayward? I mean, he has been. He has been this year. I mean, yeah, Hayward, I guess. But Hayward could be a three at times too, there. But yeah, but Hayward, Hayward's better. It's a very tough discussion to to name actual positions who are better than each other uh, in the NBA because they shift around so much. I guess is Demar Derozan a shooting guard? Tamar DeRozan is a shooting guard. Okay, so he's uh, better than Bradley. Yeah. This but, guy's I mean, Bradley's Bradley. right in that in that in that top five discussion. I think Calvin, you have to put him in in the area for shooting guards. There's not, a, I mean, the top three are clear, 
But otherwise, it's just guys that can play shooting guard and aren't necessarily shooting guards, if, if you're going to look at it that way. Otherwise, yeah. if you're just talking about the top guys that can play shooting guard, Bradley might not even be in the top 50. Who knows? Wes Matthews is better than Bradley is at two. Mm. Not this year. He's been coming off an injury. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Um, well, anyway. That's the, is that the discussion? Clay Thompson's wrong? That's the that's the discussion? Done? That's the end, end scene. Well, no, <laughs> no, the discussion. Well, I guess the discussion is, one, not whether he's right or wrong, although that's the you know, part of the discussion. But the, the bigger part of the discussion is, should he be saying that he's the best flank guard in the league? I'm sorry, the best shooting guard in the league. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, we just said he's top three, right? So that's I think that's reasonable for a player of that caliber to be considering themselves as the best if you're in the top three and you're, and you're and it's not clear cut who's number one. Although I think we both agree that Harden is number one, um, and we both agree on on Butler as well. But as as the player, Clay Thompson, uh, he should certainly feel like he's better than the, than those guys. So, how many guys down the list does Clay Thompson have to be before it's not cool for Clay Thompson to call himself the best shooting guard in the league? Well, I think you're, it's right after him, right? We just had a hard time finding a fourth guy. That was that was a wait, clear cut wait, fourth wait. guy. So Avery Bradley says I'm the best shooting guard in the league. Is that cool? No, it's not cool. He's wrong. He shouldn't. He well, should know. I mean, we just we just we just illustrated a significant drop off in in our minds as far as after the top three guys and the guys after that. He's wrong, and he shouldn't say that. Or or he's or he's wrong, but you like his confidence. Well, the confidence is nice, but uh, I mean, he should. He should probably know better. There's delusion also with with the lack with the confidence, right? Right, right, a little bit. Yeah. Right. If he if you were to say that, but I think Clay Thompson is in the discussion, so he he should be able to to say things like that and get away with it. You know. You know what it is to me. In I, I've never. I've in, in I know that he has these these you know, quarters where he just becomes scorching hot, or these games where he just becomes scorching hot and just hits a ton of shots down the field. But generally speaking, I've always felt that Clay Thompson is a little bit overrated. He gets a lot of defensive credit, uh, or, you know, at least he has in years past, because he picks up the best defensive guard, you know, in the backcourt, when really he's just a, a pretty good defensive player. He's not a stopper. He's not, you know, at Butler's level, you know, alone like Kawhi, Paul George kind of level. Um, so, yeah, he always got a little too much credit there. And I, and I thought, you know, outside of the shooting, he, like his ball handling is not, it's not great. He's a little bit slow. He's good. But I, I just wonder how much of his goodness is based on him playing in that system. Well, I feel like whenever Steph Curry sits, they you know? struggle offensively. Huh. Yeah. You know, I I was to to prep for this little discussion, I was sort of looking at his numbers and thinking that they should be higher because he only scores 19 points a game. Um but of course he has to play off of Steph Curry. So when he's not the number one option, some nights he he looks like the number one option, some quarters he looks like the number one option, but in general, obviously Steph Curry is the number one option on Golden State. So 
I feel like while a guy that's calling himself the best shooting guard in the league should be scoring more than 19 points a game, it, you have to kind of look at who he's playing with. And um, I, I think that, that that actually hurts his numbers. And you you can't really just go by that when you want to have this discussion. I mean, is he is he a better player than Draymond? Straight up, if you if, like, if you're the the Warriors, no. The if I had to pick one of those, like if we had a yeah. fantasy draft and mixed up all the players in the league, I I would expect Green to go before Clay Thompson as far as just starting your team is concerned. I'm not talking about a yeah. fantasy draft here, people. I'm talking about redraft. Holy, <laughs> Draymond Green should go before Clay Thompson in my mind. Yeah. I agree. So he's he's the third dog on that team, right? You know, I don't know. He, you know, he's but he's a second scoring option. I'm saying he is. Yeah, he's but a second scoring I'm option, saying. but I'd still rather have Draymond Green. Right. I guess I'm saying like as an as an all around player, and this is what we're you know we're talking about when we, when we sure. say you know best guard in the league. With obviously everything has to factor in. Right. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's quite there. Since we're talking about Draymond Green, let's just mention the fact that he's close to averaging a triple double a game, and by close I mean fourteen nine seven. But he also gets a steal and a half and a block and a half. It's he's an excellent player. It's just shout out for Draymond Green. Um, all right, anything else on Mr. Clay Thompson? No, we're good. Seven a game, man. Yeah. Yeah, you believe that? Draymond Green, seven assists a game. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. <clears throat> um, I feel like there's something else I gotta I gotta read here. Oh, that's right. Uh, the uh, the Garden Report that Jared does is a lot of fun, and it's got a new little twist now. We've mentioned it before, but this is a new little thing going on here. Uh, the grandstand app that he uses is basically he's going to start the, using it for the Garden Report play of the game, which is going to be a fun little twist in the Garden Report. Uh, the grandstand app is a new sports app, and it gives you sports highlights straight from the crowd where you, the fan, can share your own highlights and watch videos from other fans that have shot stuff right in the crowd. Actually, uh, at the, the game last night, I shot a video of my – friends or my brother's friend doing the the like uh shot contest at the uh first quarter break and winning it so i should have put that on the grandstand app if i had downloaded it in time um but you should go out and get it get the the, the grandstand app at the app store or at grandstand.me and uh check it out on the garden report on uh youtube.com slash radio after every Celtics home game, Jared gets that thing up there, and it's pretty sweet. So, Grandstand app, check it out, people. Grandstand.me. Um, the uh, the final countdown, no, the final topic here on Careless Whispers, unless we run into something more interesting, is uh, a man we just discussed a little bit, but he's not having a very good time right now. Over in Chicago, Jimmy Butler, our number two shooting guard in the league right now, 
they're in a little bit of disarray in Chicago, Calvin. And it's funny because I feel like you could say that about a lot of the teams that we thought were going to be at the top or at the upper middle, if you will, of the East. And by that, I mean, by a lot, I mean Atlanta, Washington, and Chicago. Um, these teams are struggling right now. And Chicago is surprising because their their record is not horrible, but they're only a few games over 500. And while they would be in the playoffs if it started today, there are reports coming out that Jimmy Butler thinks the coach is too soft and that there are other reports that I've seen uh, about some players thinking that Jimmy Butler is not handling stardom very well and things like this. So what have you gathered from, from all this going on right now in Chicago? And is it a lost cause? Should they, should they blow it up? They're, they're in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know why people are calling it the same. This is such a big deal, uh, but I guess they, they do have some things to figure out right now. Ray, are you afraid of the Bulls? Are they spooky? Right at this moment? No, they're not. And I, but I think that has more to do with Derrick Rose than anything else. He's a player that I think they were relying on to come back strong. And like we said earlier, he hasn't been great. Yeah, so I guess they, they haven't been playing that well, particularly lately. Uh, it, even though they're five games above 500, I guess their, their point differential is basically like near zero. Uh they have a lot of players that don't play well together, so it makes, makes it difficult to play them together. There's sort of a, a lot of mismatched parts. Uh, the Celtics, you know, certainly can relate to oh, that man. at times, but it, yeah. So, hey, so sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, but three tough losses in a row. The quadruple overtime loss to Detroit, then they lose at New York, and they lose at home to the Brooklyn Nets. That hurts us Celtics fans, too. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, I guess Jimmy Butler is getting frustrated. Recently made a comment about how this team needs more coaching. How do you how do you feel about a guy like Butler? You know, we, we talk about, you know, whether or not he needs to be a, a better leader. But just in general, getting frustrated and, and making a comment about uh, how the team needs more coaching. It really sounds like a shot at laid-back coach Fred Hoiberg, doesn't it? Particularly with uh, oh, it's, it's definitely it definitely sounds like a shot, and there are better ways to go around it. Uh, Jay Crowder went around it perfectly for the Celtics earlier this season, taking um, taking some of the the onus on himself and the other players as far as being coached, right, and starting to figure out where the rotations are and where they all fit in, but he was making, he made a comment about Brad, basically about Brad Stevens and the coaching staff needing to figuring out, figure out rotations and playing time. And some people would want to put him on blast for something like that. But I think he went about it in a, in a good manner because he did take some of the blame. Had Jimmy Butler said, Oh man, we need some more coaching and I need to be more of a leader. I need to step up and, and help the coach talk to these guys and be that sort of bridge between the coach and the, and the team, then I, I, there would be no problem with what he said, right? But if he's putting it all on the coach to say that the coach needs to coach everybody and that he's just going to stand back and watch or be coached, then that's that's where he needs to wake up and see that 
Derrick Rose is not the leader of this team anymore, and it's supposed to be him because he's the best player, and it's supposed to be him because he's the guy that they're all looking to right now. Yeah, he does have to be the leader. I I do think, like, he shouldn't – I know I know Hoiberg's a quiet guy, but it, he shouldn't, like, make comments like that to the media, try to, try to throw him under the bus like that. You're right. He should – you know, maybe he he should even go to management and say, look, like this guy needs to be more assertive in, in uh, practice because like some of these guys are not working as hard as they should. I know it can be frustrating when you're the guy working harder than everyone else on your team. And, you know, we all know he hates Derrick Rose. And they probably should just get rid of Derrick Rose, right, and try to find another point guard. You know, they'll, they'll be better when Dunleavy comes back because he can play offense and defense. They sort of seem to have a, a lot of guys who uh, can do neither. I read an article about how, like, Gasol is ideally not best used as a starter, uh, but the, the problem is is they're worried that, that he'll lose confidence and he'll lose interest if they make him a bench player. So that's why Noah is a guy coming off the bench. But, yeah, it really should be, you know... Noah and Mirchik or or Gasol and oh. Gibson, you know, some some sort of combo between offense and defense there. But but honestly, they're having a hard time. Yeah. No, honestly, I was gonna say if if both these guys are healthy, uh they should definitely look into trading Derek Rose and getting something back for him. Because Aaron Brooks and Kirk Heinrich, especially if the ball is gonna go through Jimmy Butler and they're gonna keep running things through him and Pau Gasol, those two guys are definitely still serviceable point guards in the NBA. They're not going to score 30. They're not going to probably even score 15 or 20, but they are going to get a couple of assists. They'll score a couple buckets. They're still decent shooters. Heinrich gives you some decent defense. And they the main thing about those guys is they don't turn the ball over. So if they're fitting into the system, you don't need Derrick Rose. You can use those two guys as your point guards, run things for Jimmy Butler, see what you can get for Derrick Rose. I think they definitely need to look into it, especially if Butler is their guy. But if Butler's having problems with the coach, maybe he's not their guy. Maybe, Calvin, maybe Jimmy Butler is available and the Celtics can find a way to trade their picks for him. Huh? (laughs) Maybe... But you're 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 gonna have to throw you're gonna have to throw Marcus Smart into that deal. You're probably gonna deal. have to throw somebody else. <laughs> deal. Let's go to the trade machine. Let's go see what it would take the Celtics to to go get Jimmy Butler. What do you think? Should I do it just live on the air here? Trade machine. Googling dra- trade machine. ESPN. We're gonna go. We're going right now. And we're going right now. Add team one, Boston. Add team two, Chicago. Uh, team one or team two. Oh, Jimmy Butler is grayed out. What is that? Does that mean that I, I can't? They can't trade for him at all. He has no uh, trade clause oh, or something. No, no, no. It, it's because uh, he just signed a new contract in this off season, so he might not be tradable till January or something. Oh, so I can't even use the trade machine till January. Well, that's lame. Never mind. Then we're not going to the trade machine live. I'll, I'll I'll have some trade. Look, I'll look at the salaries. I'll, I'll I'll have a trade for you next week. A trade proposal for you. We might just play I, that game because I I will probably take it. Jimmy, sixteen million for Jimmy Butler, 
uh, I will probably take that trade, but we'll see. You, you have a trade for me next week, and that's that's fine with me. I will t- I will probably take it. Yeah, because, you, you can't man, be if there's if there's something right, that Paul Pierce was that I miss is a scoring guy that uh, that can play small forward. This team does not have a small forward that can score right now. Where is he? I want a small forward that can score. That's what I'm asking for for Christmas. Celtics probably won't deliver, but there's nothing there's nothing I can do about that, right? Nothing. Nothing. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. I quickly mentioned Tick IQ earlier. I'll mention it again. TIQIQ.com or, more importantly, the Tick IQ app. Use the code BOSTON for 10% off of your first purchase if you download that Tick IQ app. Enjoy it. Enjoy those tickets that you get. Even if they're 100 bucks in Oakland and in Los Angeles, that's the cheapest ticket I'm going to find to those games. But it's fine because it's going to be excellent. It's going to be a lot of fun. Beep boop. I'll tell you that much. Um, what else, What else, Calvin? Nothing? That's it? That is it. That is it. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. I'm going to go to Target, I think. Maybe. Again, two nights in a row. Is that, is that weird? I feel, like I, need to, I feel like I need to assess my situation. I don't know if I've purchased enough for my family. I just need to just check it out. Just wander I, around I'm sure or something. I'm not going to the store. Forget, forget about it. Well, Target's will open for another 90 minutes, and last night it wasn't bad at all. There weren't many people there, so we'll see. Maybe I, it's right down the street. It's nice and easy. All right. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Calvin. Happy holidays, everybody. And uh, I don't know. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. That's about it. Right. That is it. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. Hopefully. 29th. Probably, yeah, why not? Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.